0: Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Yo. And Chris. Slow. And we're going to be talking about our most recent homework assignment, courtesy of TJ. A little movie from 1987 called Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. More yeah, than do something squad. light.
1: We've been on the like hard tear of Talk of Fame, Talk of Fame, Talk of Fame, fame. Talk- and like, Academy Award winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and man did I go light. <laughs> yeah, we need a, we
0: need a real palate cleanser after Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> True. Yeah.
1: That movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matra Squad. It's an hour and twenty minute movie directed by Fred Decker, written by Shane Black and Fred Decker, starring Nobody You Know. Um, but it's a movie about some like pre teenage kids who uh there's a couple of people you know,
2: but they're not main characters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was say, it's it. like, hey, it's that it's that like asshole Wonder from Year's. Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: There's a guy who plays a homeless guy in a bunch of movies who's flying that airplane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the guy from The Sopranos. Yeah. He flew that airplane good.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Pre-teenage kids, though, obsessed with, like, classic universal movie monsters,
2: pretty much. Yeah, the old universal movies. Yep.
1: And uh, you get some bullshit in a prologue about Van Helsing trying to kill Dracula. Uh, Doesn't make a ton of sense. Don't really need to know about it, but... Flash forward to the 100 years in the future. And every 100 years, uh, you can try to catch all these real life monsters and stick them in the limbo, which is, I guess, where they'll never be able to come back from. So I'm led to believe, seems yeah. like a good thing if you could put it in
2: there. Or it's a cool Hawaiian party. Yeah, one <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Is limbo Hawaiian. Limbo? I think Limbo is Hawaiian. I don't know. Or like Polynesian. Okay. I don't know. That, some, that would be more interesting than this movie. Something I could be doing. <laughs> Dude, don't Google where, where people limbo. So You're just going to release Dracula by accident. There's not
1: a lot of plot to talk about, and I really want to talk about all the funny parts of this movie. Okay. But I'll run through the plot as quickly as I can. We'll try to do it in like 30 seconds. The kids, uh, the monsters start coming back. They befriend Frankenstein. Yep. There's a scary neighbor who's German. He was in a concentration camp, and they let you know that for some reason. I guess because he's good at dealing with monsters, in air quotes. I guess. Okay. Um, But he ends up helping them. Um, There's some very bad jokes about virginity and, uh, like, uh, taking pictures of girls naked when they don't know about it. Yep. Um, So that keeps those 80s tropes alive.
2: Yeah, Porky's humor, but PG. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. But, like, worse because it's PG? Yeah. Yeah. See, Revenge of the Nerds was still PG-13 back when in PG-13 you could have topless women.
0: Yeah. Back in the good old days. (laughs) Revenge of the Nerds, a good old fun rape scene. Yeah,
2: that's... At some point in this movie, they ask a six-year-old if she's a virgin. Yep. (laughs) You really hold your breath on that answer. (laughs) Because they need the virgin to speak
1: German. Cue good German guy. Yeah. Or scary German guy. Excuse me. But uh, they have to stand somewhere with an amulet and say some shit in German. And then they'll do it. But it's got to be said by a virgin. Yep. And apparently, virgins even in 1888 Germany don't speak German, so that was why they couldn't put them in limbo before. But right, they succeed. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of hilarity in the middle. Yeah. Movie's bad. I'll start with that. It was very bad. Yeah. But in a in a very watchable way.
2: It is. It, it is full fucking camp. Like the Met Gala just did camp as its theme, and this is what they meant to do was how campy this shit was.
1: Yeah. My favorite quote was in the beginning when this guy wants to join the Monster Squad. He's a little bit older, and uh, their quote is, rumor is, he's in junior high. Like, <laughs> wow, this town is fucking retarded. You know what that means. Yeah. yeah. Nope, they should have <laughs> explain that. Yep. Uh, oh, God. It's just like... Which, that same character goes on to make weapons in school. And I was like... That's bad. He's making bullets and <laughs> wooden stakes in school. But then I go, it's like, oh yeah, they taught archery then in school. They just gave you weapons to carry around.
2: Yeah, actually, they had like rifle class <laughs> where you could take that as like your PE where you went and shot rifles at school. Is wood shop a thing anymore? Probably. You think? I we mean, we didn't it, have it.
1: Did y'all have it in high school? Yeah, yeah so. Oh, you did? We had like a printing press in high school,
2: oh. which was about as scary as we
1: got. <laughs> <laughs> <You can laughs> taught by a hand. scary
2: German guy <laughs> named Gutenberg. Uh, no, yeah, we had we had a, a, a auto class and we had a wood shop class. Okay. So like, if we you were auto if you were on the college prep or college prep plus, like you didn't take those, and okay. if you wanted to take one, you had to have special permission. Because okay. I guess if you go to college, you did, can't know how to fix a car. Um, and if you were tech prep, you couldn't take like AP English because, you know, why read the greats if you're a mechanic? I don't know. My hometown is backwards. <laughs> Y'all didn't have like airplane mechanic class. They should have. I mean, fucking Delta Town.
1: Um, yeah, the movie's just—it's ridiculous. The, the 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 bad shit that doesn't age well. I was talking about is there's a scene where. Frankenstein, who's on their side, they call him Frankie, it's adorable, Yeah. Uh, accidentally takes a picture of a neighbor who uh, is getting topless in a window without any blinds like to do.
2: It's EJ's sister, I think? Eugene's sister. Eugene's sister.
1: Eugene, who, which is the character, uh, the actor is David Faustino's brother. Yeah. Which is weird.
2: Mike Faustino? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, I, whenever I watch a movie like this with an ensemble kids cast, I yeah, always go, yeah. ooh, where are they now? Yeah, and I did this right. one, and I was like, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah <they're> nowhere. <laughs> um, but,
1: yeah, they, they, they get that camera developed, and then they end up, like, trying to find a virgin, even though they have a six year old sister. Yes. Who wants to help. Yeah. And they know she's a virgin, and okay. they don't care. So, uh, they go to this, you know. hot high school girl and ask her if she's a virgin. She said she is. Uh, She ends up not being one. But the way they make her help and make her tell them her sexual history is by saying they'll spread the picture of her being naked everywhere around school. Yeah. So, you know, 1988, where you can't get in trouble for
2: doing that. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we all did that when we were kids. Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Uh, Especially, like, we were talking about this before... They're, they are self-styled as the Monster Squad. Before any monsters, like, show up, they haven't named themselves. let just talk about monsters. But they have a treehouse where they have taped, like, shit about monsters all over the place. All the classic Universal monsters. So he watches, like, horror, like, campy horror movies from his roof on the drive-in. Yeah. But they have that up, and they, like, they have a really low bar for entry. It's their first question when they're initiating Leather Jacket Kid. Which, by the way, you know who bullies the bullies because they're the ones with the leather jacket and the slicked back hair, who probably has a comb, switchblade, like you know you would see in eighties movies. They like have a switchblade handle. They flip, yeah, but uh, the first question is, uh, which one is the creature? Frankenstein is the creature's name? Frankenstein. Yeah. And the kids like uh, no, they give them both options. Oh yeah. Is Frankenstein
1: the name of the creature or the guy who made him? It's like... Even if I didn't
2: know, I'd be like, wait a minute. And then when the monster from the titular Frankenstein novel and movies shows up, they all call him Frankenstein without addressing the fact that they're calling him Frankenstein. So, like, zero internal consistency here with this self-styled monster squad. But my favorite part of this whole movie is when Dracula, you know Dracula from the classic shows. He's got, you know, fangs, and he bites people, and he turns people into vampires. He's got super strength, and he can turn into a bat, and he can seduce people, and he can hypnotize people. What does he use as his number one weapon? Sticks of dynamite. Like, trademark Dracula.
0: (laughs) multiple times
2: throws two separate discrete sticks of dynamite one in the treehouse which is occupied by no one and Dracula knows that but it's just like fuck your shit monster squad and throws dynamite in there and then like (laughs) throws one under the cop car when the cops somehow find the location of the black hearse with the skull hood ornament which is the most recognizable car (laughs) for any monster uh Rolls one under the car where the other police officer is just paralyzed by, like, fuck, people throw dynamite and he explodes. And I just, like, don't get it. Like, the wolf man, yeah, he does his thing, he has claws and he throws people. Because what else does a wolf man do? Frankenstein, you know, they recreate, I didn't think that was kind of neat, they recreate, like, him, like, meeting the girl by the lake. Yeah. And that's so how that friendship starts. Like, cool, the mummy's got bandages and stuff, but, like, what is. Dracula do? Like, nothing that Dracula has ever done before in any fiction, ever. He throws dynamite and he, like, yeah. kills cops with, like, a like kung fu movie style efficiency. Yes.
0: Have you ever read Dracula, the novel? Yes. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of that in Dracula. <laughs> 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 a lot of dynamite explosions. No, actually, Dracula, the novel, it's is weirdly boring at times. It's, I feel like it's a lot about real estate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Dracula, like, of that novel is just Dracula moving to London. Yes. (laughs) Get on with it. God damn it, Bram. Because
2: Dracula, and I could be dead wrong about this, about the exact disease that it's about. I'm dead wrong. Because, (laughs) because the novel Dracula is an allegory for, I believe, syphilis. And a syphilis outbreak that happened in London. It is an allegory. Like, the way that, that, like, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is an allegory for the Industrial Revolution. Um, Like, it's, like, a really, like, precise metaphor. Like, Dracula's pretty loose. But, like, the real estate stuff and, like, all that is about, like, poor people are dying because, you know, they're getting killed by this blood disease. Uh, And there's this menace which is killing all these, like, vulnerable people. So, like, yeah, of course it's boring. And, like, Nosferatu is, like, a slow, creepy thing. But, like... You know, media updates things and changes them and makes them interesting. And then this just like was like, oh, you want, like, it's like, they're like, you want skateboarding in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics? Well, how about instead of skateboarding, we do rocket skates? And it's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we could do skateboarding. Skateboarding's still cool. We don't have to go all the way to rocket skates and throwing dynamite. But we do. But we do. <laughs> but I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's does anyone have anything else on Monster Squad? Um, I, I just wanna highlight the that I still so I did not watch it this week. I've watched that movie uh I, I take it back. I watched part of it and then quickly realized... Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna do this again. <laughs> um it is a movie that is uh it was fun on a first watch and yeah. I could quickly tell it was not going to be fun yeah. on a second watch. And a movie that I think we
1: might be fighting for if it held any nostalgia with any of the three of us. Yeah, yes. But we all saw it for the first time in our 30s. So.
0: There, there are some movies I think that you can, that like we see that they're they're made for kids and that we can attach ourselves to them and love them. Sure. Still at this age. This is not one of those movies. This is one of those movies where I needed to be six or seven when I saw this movie and I just wasn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I w- if I had been, I would love this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I wonder if, like, Chad or Al or somebody like that saw this movie in the 80s and, like, fucking loves it. Yeah. Like, has, like, very fond memories of it. But yeah. Be interested to find out. Right.
2: Yeah. I mistakenly thought that, you, TJ, you had seen this as a kid, and that's why you assigned it's it. It's one of those cult classic movies. I think
0: we're actually a little young for it. We're, I, think, I think I'm think i just a tad young. I was four when this movie came out, and it's still yeah, not quite like, geared at that. Yeah. But I would have watched it on VHS in 92 but if I s- knew about it. someone born in, like, 1976... Noon. <laughs> Yeah, would be right on for this movie. Yeah,
2: if you're in middle school, the age of these kids when this comes out, or I guess in late elementary school, this movie is probably yeah. for you when it comes out. Right.
0: Um, what'd you think of the uh, costumes? Because that was a, a big selling point for the movie, like the the makeup and the monster the monster design. Because I believe they got a fairly prominent monster, or like a makeup guy to do that, right? Yeah,
1: it was somebody who had done stuff before. I mean, I think the mummy and the... Uh... Wolfman. Wolfman was alright.
2: Yeah.
1: I just... Uh, the is bi- so dumb, though. Like, uh, any movie made after, like, 1960 where he's got, like, the black cape with the red lining. Right. He's kind of over it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Were you thinking of the, the creature? The Black Lagoon? Yeah. He yeah. Cool. Um, I also... Um, I just... Before we depart from this conversation... I want to point out two of my favorite effects that were in this movie. Uh, one of them was when they finally do open the portal to Limbo, um, and Van Helsing is wrestling with Dracula to pull him in there, and uh, he gives like a smile and a thumbs up. Yeah, uh, I love that effect. And yeah, I do think that was probably pretty cutting edge special effects at yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like pulling stuff into the you know basically having two shots and overlaying one one on the other. Uh, but the other one, which is not a good effect, but I fucking loved, also involves the use of dynamite. And it's when Wolfman gets dynamite stuck in his, uh, stick in, his jeans <laughs> in his peepee place and then gets kicked out a window. And when he explodes, I swear to God, I saw eight arms come out of this, like, <laughs> Wolfman bag that they threw out a window when dynamite exploded. It was hilarious. He could not have fragmented it in a more perfect way to, so that when they show him, like, reassembling himself to pay off that joke, that uh, it, it was just I don't know it was see incredible. I thought that
1: joke was going to be that's
2: the other way you kill a wolf man yeah no, know but it's not because it's not funny <laughs> it's not actually funny it's camp funny
1: okay so we're, we're obviously not putting this in the talk of fame we're not going to talk about this movie much longer but we are going to do a draft because it's been Brent, a long time Brent and I talked we're both yeses okay well I got David's later <laughs> in there <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but we're going to do a draft because it's been man maybe close to a year since we've done a draft been a while. So uh, we're gonna draft uh, a team of monsters from TV shows, video games, or cinema, and uh, we're loose on the rules. But the main rules are: it's gotta have some kind of otherworldly feature about it. Yeah, it's gotta be supernatural-ish in some way. Um, it's also gotta be the main antagonist in its media. Um, so the lead bad person or thing. Sure. Monster. Um, uh, and what you're doing is you're building a team that is uh, assumed to be fully trainable and they are your four-man protection squad in the apocalypse. So you're picking four monsters and they get to uh, be your
2: protection. Sweet. Nice. Maybe. My monster squad. Yeah.
0: I got a random order and oh. we're going Brent, Chris, me. It's almost, correct. almost the same random order that I had. Oh, nice. Um, okay, well, with the first pick, I uh, I think
2: with there's first pick. Brent picks.
0: Yeah. Um, so my strategy here is that I think there's. I think we're gonna have a good. I think this is a deep draft for like big brutish things that like like Hulk smash type of uh yeah of party members. So I need. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go, I'm going to save that pick for later, and I'm going to go more towards uh, something that will just, if I ever find myself in uh, inside, where I need something to uh, really get me out of a jam, luckily this thing's on my side, because this is one of the most terrifying things from any media I've ever seen. I'm going with The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. would have been my first pick, too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The Thing. It's just it can it can become anything. <laughs> what form do you does it walk around with you in? Puppy form? Oh yeah, that's yeah. It'll okay. it'll be my bud. <laughs> yeah. In in puppy form. Well nobody knows what the thing looks like. Right. So it's right. like
2: the killer rabbit from the plains of Ah. You get that you get that element of surprise. <laughs> yeah. So that when they see this puppy, it's like, Oh, look at Brent's stupid protection squad, it's just the dog, oh my god <laughs> But you're taking the husky like from the
1: movie. Yes. But, okay. Yeah. It is, it's, like I said, my first pick.
0: Again, I, it's it's not so much for protection as much for just complete annihilation of any group of people. Yeah, it's or just like easily, easy travel. Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
1: yeah, it's a solid first pick. The thing. Chris, what you
2: got? Round one, pick two. So, I was kind of mulling this over, and it wasn't directly inspired by Monster Squad for this, but I was trying to think, like, role-playing game party composition... Like, I'm probably not gonna find like a healer. And I'm probably not gonna find like support. But I'm gonna be able to find like tank and DPS or whatever. And so then I thought of the closest thing I could think of to like healer, damage dealer. So my first pick, kind of inspired by a character from uh, uh, Monster Squad, is going to be Imhotep. Not the mummy, but the specific villain from the mummy movies with Brendan Fraser, okay? Because here we've got a multi-tool. He can turn into a f- giant sand cloud. He heals Benny, his like servant, and he can command the army of the dead. So every killed soldier all of a sudden fights for you. And he's got a bunch of like crazy magic. He can cause earthquakes and he's just he's like the mummy plus. In my, in my eyes. And so, I, I see him as being kind of a multi-purpose, kind of DPS off-healer. So. I like that. I like the route you're
1: taking, too. Yeah. The yeah. RPG, build a team. I'm squad building. Yeah. This,
2: if this is like an escort mission, they've got to protect, protect me, stuff. this it's is how. Cool. Um, one thing I thought about immediately
1: was trying to get around the apocalypse, travel's going to be tough. So, I was trying to find one that has flying capabilities, and there weren't a ton, um, but I'm taking one from literature, I guess, but it wasn't a movie. And it was in the second Hobbit film. But I'm taking Smaug. Okay. Nice. A dragon. Fire-breathing dragon. Voice
2: by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, and I get to talk to Benedict Cumberbatch all the time, which is fucking great. <laughs> you get to talk to Benedict Cumberbatch, who's had his own voice layered over itself like seven times. Yeah. Yes. But, no, also, like, good at finances. <laughs>
1: In the, in the I mean, he's rich. Yeah. yeah. He's loaded. Only and th- I can just fucking ride him. We can just fly around. If it gets too bad from what my squad that I end up building, if y'all's squads are, like, way better than my squads, you just have to catch me on my dragon. <laughs> two
0: weaknesses. The thing will just turn into smog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> it's two <smugs. laughs>
2: There's only two weaknesses, and it's... Uh, you know, big bows, and invisible tiny people, which, I don't know,
0: probably not going to find those. Also, I feel like he could be bought. <laughs> not, oh, he's fully trained, we went through this. Oh, yeah, so. that's true. He is on my side. You can't
1: steal my monsters.
2: <laughs> you asshole. What if the thing turns into a lady smog? <laughs> Can he seduce your smog? I mean, if... That's the goal. The yeah. thing
0: would just have to turn into a pile of coins. Smog <laughs> yeah. be like, I <laughs> love you. <laughs> uh,
1: so I took the air. I'm going to take underground now <laughs> for my next monster. Okay. Um, because these things scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And you can't see them coming. Uh, and as long as you're not TNT Dracula, apparently you can't kill them. But I'm taking a big-ass
0: graboid from Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I didn't know that's what they were called. I was going to call them worms. Yes. They're, the They're dumb people in Tremors call them graboids. Graboid, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So Next. yeah, you can just fucking he'll come up behind you and shit
1: in your fight. You got smog
0: from above. You've got below. From you just have to work out on the field of play. Yeah, you know, where know? I am, <laughs> and then you're good. But I got two more. Picks yeah, though, yeah, I yeah. So that's, I, I feel good about your team. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're gonna have like a
2: a you've got a sky underground. Now you're gonna have a ground and sea. I like that we're all taking. What seemed like different approaches. Um, it's back to me, uh, and so I was going to take this third, predicting a, a counter pick out of the second round. But I'm just going to go blind pick here. Uh, I'm thinking uh, if you can't if you can't overwhelm someone with size or power, you can at least do it with numbers. So my number two pick is going to be Spike from Gremlins. Uh. This guy can <laughs> duplicate infinitely with just a single droplet of water. That's all you need. And mischief and carnage, and I'm thinking right here, here's my rogue. He can get in behind Chaos. enemy lines. He's like the fucking size of a tiny toy. A chaotic evil. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to get Spike and whatever grows off of him uh, once he gets wet or fed after midnight. Although they never really play in Gremlins, like what happens when you feed them after midnight. Yeah, because that rule's broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, doesn't make any sense. You know, be kind of useless during the day, but I guess I'll get him an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. you don't know
1: what happened Acid Rain. I mean, you don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Apocalypse.
2: Yeah, it could, could be like nuclear winter, and so like the sun is blacked out by clouds and fallout, and then, hey, Spike is going to be very useful.
0: Nice. It's a good pick. Um, <laughs> you don't actually think that. I do. I that Spike on my list. Um, for my second pick, I'm going with... Uh, I guess I guess we're, we're starting to run on dragons here. <laughs> um, this is a uh, this is a character who I instantly thought of for this only because he is known as the World Eater. <laughs> um, can only be killed in like a Valhalla type world where he goes to uh, uh, goes to rest. It's called Sovngarde and it's where Nords go. Nord warriors go when they die. I'm taking Alduin. The World Eater, the primary villain from Skyrim, nice Elder Scrolls Five. He is I came a, across
1: him today while I was researching this draft, and I was like, "Brick, really think of that
0: boy." Yep, <laughs> he is uh, invincible in the uh, mortal realm, <laughs> so that helps. Sure, um, also can fly me around. Yeah, so I like I like Alduin, um, and then with my third pick feel like I'm kind of doubling up, but I just really like the thing skill set, and this this has a similar skill set, but it's just a little more powerful and scary and loud. And I'm taking the Smoke Monster from Lost.
1: Nice! (laughs) That's awesome!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that did not make my list. That's fantastic. Anything that has ever died around this Thing, it will just, it can create, it can go psych you out with it, or if that doesn't work, it can just turn into a plume of smoke and just defy physics that way. Nice. Um... I'm going to call him Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: like while you're writing it down or when you guys are in the apocalypse? Both. <laughs> hey, Smokey.
0: Smokey. Only you can signal forest fires. Like, Smokey, pick me up. Let me get that coconut. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of coconuts in the apocalypse. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, back to Chris. So, uh, similar to your Alduin
2: pick, I wanted something unkillable.
1: Uh, it's a good stat
2: it's a, it's a really like you, you can br- be pretty fucking useless but if you're unkillable you'll at least be a nuisance so I went with one also from games I guess that's you know unkillable things don't make good TV shows or movies uh, but in games you can have persistent threats so from the Silent Hill series I guess including the movie I'm taking Pyramid Head Hmm. He is a constant threat, and he will scare the ever-living shit out of you. Man, I thought about taking pyramid head and I was like, I want to look at him my whole life. <laughs> He'd
1: scare the shit out of me constantly. What
2: gaming series this is this from? Silent Hill. Okay. And I do want to clarify, he is very close to the, is he really a monster? But the unkillable aspect kind of helps you if you need that plus one to get him there. But he is the embodiment of lust. So... Uh, or not lust but he's part lust part pride he's just like in Sound Hill 2 where they first get introduced they're all like represent the sins of the main character and kind of like his vices and so uh, I think that when David was like what, Here, here's what my hypothetical list would be I saw he put Pyramid Head on there and I was like oh I'm stealing that and then I kept reading the messages, and David said, "I'm gonna pick Pyramid Head because that dude fucks." <laughs> and I know he didn't mean it literally because he does fuck like some of the nurse mannequins in the series, but so he means like how young kids go, "This guy fucks," so yes. I'm picking Pyramid Head as my unkillable tank. Nice. All right. So I've got air, <laughs> I've got underground. <laughs>
1: um, I need, I need like water and and say... land. I need both. Um, and I've got a monster. Who can do both? <laughs> so that works out. I'm taking the titular character from the host. Oh nice. I'm taking tadpole weird guy. Yeah. Um kinda like my dog. <laughs> That's how I want to treat him anyway. Alright. Yeah. And he gets out and walks around. Yeah. People. It checks out. Yeah, and then I could do something
2: crazy with my last pick. Well, I mean he's he like is constantly evolving too. So you you right. have no idea like how useful he could be after yeah. You know. Especially in an apocalyptic world. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna become all powerful. Yeah. Um, all right, my last pick. Uh, y'all have made really good teams, so <laughs> I'm going to, uh, pretty much pick something that can just beat all of them, I think. Uh, but including me, that's the bad part, but I just won't win, but at least y'all won't either, <laughs> if we come to fight here, um... There's an old, uh, I think John Stewart, like, bit about how the scariest why terrorists are so scary is because they'll they'll die. They don't give a shit. Uh, I'm taking the most like nihilistic monster ever. I'm taking the nothing from Ending Story, who literally just talks about how he wants peace and for everything to stop existing. <laughs> That's his life goal. <laughs> it's for non-existence. So he's just my like, grenade. If we start <laughs> if we start getting a scrap and my other three monsters die, I'm just like, do your thing, nothing.
0: And, and end it for everyone. It's kind of how Alduin is for me. Yes! It's yeah. like eat the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The nothing, the nothing. Yeah, and he's an actual puppy, so he's a dog form. So that's fun. So the nothing, which just wants things to end, is uh, must be very frustrated living his life in the never-ending story. Yes, <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He is a
1: straight-up nihilist. Yeah, <laughs> he just is. Just tired of existence
2: in every way. Awesome, Chris. So I was intending this to be a counter pick, but I also think that it is just too good of a, a regular pick. You guys had your had your dragon fiesta, um, and so I kind of bided my time, thinking that uh, that the supposed king of monsters was going to show up on someone's list. But uh, I'm going to pick someone better who has never been defeated by Godzilla in one on one combat. Uh, I'm picking King Ghidorah. Uh, Uh, King Ghidorah, the three-headed Tiamat from the Monster Kaiju series is uh, kind of... I haven't seen the new... uh, the new... uh, Gods of... I forget what it's actually called, the new movie, new Mm -hmm. Godzilla movie. Um, King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. But uh, I was reading about the old Toho series and apparently Godzilla has always needed to team up with another Titan to defeat King Ghidorah. Um, He can fly around. He doesn't shoot lightning or fire. He shoots gravity beams out of his mouth. And he is a three-headed, double-club-tailed dragon that flies. And that sounds fucking cool. So we can all fly. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like I'm going to be using the nothing in my game. (laughs) Just to end existence. See, and I'm... I'll just save that for the end. But, yeah, King Ghidor is my pick. Alright, well, it's come down to me. I'm, uh... Yeah, fuck your potential Godzilla pick.
0: What are you gonna do about it? You know, I don't I don't I don't know if I want Godzilla. I think I just i You shouldn't I'm, want him. Now. I'm just leaning hard into the uh Unkillable psychological <laughs> warfare aspect of team building. Um Yeah, I think this is uh I think this is the pick here. This is this is a it was, it was a late late one. Just came on just yeah. came on the board in the last like ten seconds. Analysts will be stunned, and it's gonna be Gozer the Gozerian from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Which just continues to be shapeshifting for me. You've got a flyer and a three shapeshifters. It's going to be really hard to nail down. You're going to be really
2: easy to nail down. True. Your fucking kaleidoscope of party members is going to be super this hard is to is nail constantly down,
0: constantly changing. And I'm just standing there waving <laughs> in the middle of it. I mean, I, the the thing is going to look like you. The smoke monster is going to look like your dead friend. And then Gozer's is going to look like literally whatever you just thought of. <laughs> so. So, yeah. I'm going with uh, lots. Gozer's just going to be like a
2: fresh pair of pants because that's what I'm going to be needing once I see your fucking weird team. <laughs> you have chosen the form of your destructor. Ooh, Levi's. Size 44. Perfect.
1: So We did a good job making this fun uh, so we don't get like Messages or posts or anything, because uh, we'll post this too. But uh, we we left off King Kong, yeah. we left off Godzilla, yeah. we left off the uh, like eighties movie monsters. And Freddy Krueger was pretty high on my list, but Krueger made my short list. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Pennywise doesn't really carry much weight once you figure out what he is. Yeah, so I kind of left him off.
2: I was trying to think of of and not that I was trying to go like all unkillable because I wanted this to be fun. Yeah. Like thinking about like if I can obviously if we're picking something from fiction, there's a way to defeat it or get around it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that all these all these things lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There there is an Achilles heel to each of these. Right. Like <laughs> the thing didn't lose. <laughs> That's true. The thing wins. Well, no, the thing died. It just had to kill everybody. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And like, yeah. You know,
2: Pyramid Head. You you can avoid him. He's not like he's he's unkillable, but he's slow. Right. I mean, represent your represents your sins. So if you're not and like your bad habits, so if you don't have those, then he may not come after you with the same like persistence and fury. But yeah, Can one one always took was.
1: instead of uh, uh the host was uh I don't know how to pronounce it because it's never said in the game, but Kark, the invisible water monster from Amnesia. Oh yeah, <laughs> I almost took him because it was just like. He's
0: fucking invisible and horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Along the same lines as Imhotep, I did consider the Night King as a potential ally just for uh, army building purposes. Yeah, I thought about Clover. I was a little disappointed with how easily killable the Night King was, though, in the end, so he didn't (laughs) quite make my list. Um, Clover.
2: Especially with all of of our teams being able to recreate Dragonglass. Just anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all three have a dragon glass factory who's flying around with us. Yeah. also had some fun, uh, I had Randall
1: Boggs on my short list from
2: Monsters, Inc. The bad guy
1: from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi. He's constantly in your ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't pick him. I uh, also had, I was thinking, Nuclear Winter. I'll take Jack Frost from that horrible fucking movie. <laughs> it has got the mind of a serial killer. Uh, how about Darth Maul? Yeah, yeah. I, again, though, like he's beaten just by somebody being better at
0: what he does. Yeah, somebody having the low ground. <laughs> he had uh, no ground. <laughs> Darth Paul didn't know the one rule of ground in Star Wars. <laughs> you don't have it. You'll win. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, he was defeated, but it's not. It's temporary. That's true.
1: That's and true. Now I,
0: he's got
2: spider legs. Yeah.
1: See, unkillable. Mm. <laughs> no. uh, we didn't get a Marvel at all, but they're all so beatable. Yeah, that's that. I mean, well, you, know, you could go with like Galactus, I guess, if you're trying to go with the world. I considered type.
0: Galactus, yeah, but but I didn't want him having to fight Alduin at the dinner table. Yeah,
2: <laughs> for the world, da- for the world. Da- <laughs> my, my, my.
0: Da- David had a
2: couple more uh, video game mentions. Uh, he wouldn't have satisfied the main antagonist role from the Castlevania series, but Death is always like the other main antagonist, mm-hmm. uh, along with Dracula. Um, in most games he shows up and he strips you of all your power and you have to fight him basically like with nothing. So it'd be like if death from Castlevania is fighting the thing, like he would strip the thing of all his powers, which I don't know what that would even look like. Um. No one does. Yeah. And so he kind of is, is a, is a leveling the playing field kind of guy, but you literally kill that character, that antagonist in every Castlevania game. So. Super beatable. Uh, another one of uh, his picks was Nemesis from Resident Evil Three. Again, like Pyramid Head, he's just like one of these like never-ending, never-stopping like killing machines. Yeah. yeah, who just and in Resident Evil Three, he just like you'll be running back through the same corridor you run through four times, and he has a random chance to show up in any given room that you're in. Right. Um, and so all of a sudden, Nemesis will be there. He's this like eight foot tall dude with a big trench coat. And the last one that he had as a suggestion was the main antagonist from the Chrono Trigger game. Uh, which is Lavos. He is a uh, he is a uh an ancient being that can create infinite energy and also can warp time space as we know it.
1: Yeah, I thought about the How would that guy loose? They didn't really uh fit the main antagonist role but the pretty much the villains at the end of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I yeah. thought about them too.
0: Yeah. Just oh, like, like world the warriors. Yeah. yeah. And I thought about taking, continuing with my, <laughs> trying to make everyone just more insane in a, a post-apocalyptic world, I thought about taking It from It Follows. Okay. I thought about that, too. But I just All like, you people trying lot, to repopulate the world, <laughs> every time you have sex, this thing's going to just slowly walk towards you. Yeah, but that's all it can do. Yeah. I was... I don't know. I don't know how the
1: training would work on that. I guess... I guess it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, just... Don't walk at me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was... Walk at him. I know I just had sex, but no. No. (laughs) I was similarly trying to think of something that would, like, if I was making the best team, I would probably take, like, Yogg-Sothoth and Cthulhu and, like... I thought about Cthulhu. All of these, like, Lovecraftian old gods where, like, if you look at them, then you are, like, mentally crippled into, like, a frothing like I thought about, like, like,
1: the
0: Kraken and Medusa. Medusa.
1: Yeah.
2: But then it's like, hey, it's not fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. Did oh. anybody consider Sauron? I did, but what the fuck? Like, what movie is he
1: the villain in where he's not just looking? Yeah. And obviously he could be tricked by just going like, Hey, hey, look over here! That's how you beat him.
2: Also, then then you would have two invisible little dude weaknesses on your team. Sure. <laughs> well, I guess maybe one counter to it, but it has to be that special kind of invisibility. Right. Um, yeah,
1: there are other like scary, cool monsters in, in all three you know, forms of media that, that just aren't... They're scary because of the situation the protagonists are in. Mm-hmm. Like the Demogorgon and Stranger Things. Like, you would be easily defeated by everything we drafted. Right. He's scary because he's fighting a bunch of kids. And who don't have, like, cool weapons. You know
2: what I mean? And likewise, like, the Mind Flayer from that would be, like, unbeatable. Right. Because all you have to do is be around the Mind Flayer and all of a sudden you can't think. Right. Um, but... I'm happy with my team. Brent, do you want to give us a rundown of everyone's teams? Yeah,
0: one more time. Chris has Imhotep, the army builder. Spike, the chaos builder. Yeah. Pyramid Head. Psychological warfare. <laughs> and King Ghidorah, undefeated. <laughs> 47-0 and O entering the ring. <laughs> King Ghidorah. Uh, TJ has the dragon Smaug. 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 He's got the, a, a Graboid from Tremors. Yes. Do you get just one, or do you get the whole army oh, of he needs one. Okay, so he gets he gets the
2: uh, the the accountant, the uh, c- civil engineer. <laughs> yeah, uh, civil engineer. I wrote
0: down Tad from the host. Yeah, <laughs> Tad, and uh, the nothing from Neverending Story. It's my my getaway. <laughs> he has a self destruct button. Yes, says, yeah. And then I have. We win, or we will all lose. <laughs> I have. Uh, just a menagerie of options <laughs> thanks to the thing, the smoke monster, Gozer the Gozerian, all riding around on Alduin the World Eater. <laughs> so. Fun, fun fun. Like in, in your story, you're also insane by this point, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. You just recreate the podcast. You just you have
2: them all look like me, and Chris. <laughs> yeah. We settle in dragons back and record the podcast.
0: You're just like you're just on Aldrin. Like,
2: hey, this, this is Brandon. This is the talk podcast.
0: My team is is the only. It's just a. It's just a safeguard against loneliness in case my friends with their squads die. I'm just like, uh, be Chris. Yeah. We're be. gonna talk
2: about Mr. Nobody again.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. Take us out, it? Uh, not just yet, Chris. Uh, that's, yeah, all that's right. What shall we watch next? So I forget about that every time for having done it a hundred times, <laughs> <laughs> almost so, two hundred.
2: So I'm gonna assign a movie that. Uh, I always kind of hate telling people why I pick movies, but I do it just because I need the verbal buildup. Yeah, um, we've been watching Barry kind of as a group. Uh, you know, David, Brent, and I. So I've just kind of gone deep on like Bill Hader talking about stuff. And he does like a number of four or five minute videos on the Criterion channel where he talks about like some of his favorite movies. And he mentioned one of them and it was uh, by a director who's great and starring someone who I love. And I've never seen it. Um, and he mentioned how it's just kind of like a wild movie with great cinematography, which kind of suits this director. So next week we'll be talking about his movies. We'll be talking about Gus Van Zandt and we'll be talking about the film Down by Law. Um, starring uh, uh, John Lurie, uh, Tom Waits, and Roberto Benini as three convicts who are uh, not really wrongfully accused, but who are all in jail, kind of making the best of it together. Um, hmm. That's available on the Criterion channel. I like that cast.
0: Yeah. I've never heard of this movie, and uh, I'm excited either. to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Bill Hader said that it is one of his favorite
2: movies Great. and one of his inspirations to kind of the bleak tone of Barry. And so I'm kind of interested. I love Tom Waits. Uh, Roberto Benini is a world-class actor and... Uh, I don't know. Gus Van a phenomenal director. So we'll talk about his movies next week. We're uh, Talky
0: Talk, the podcast by the Media Bias. That works for me. And I hope this worked for you. This <laughs> is Talky Talk. As Chris said, the podcast <laughs> for the Media dot com. You can email us. You can tweet with us. You can uh, engage with us on Facebook at a variety of groups like games like a games by us, TV by us, <laughs> movies like by us. Uh, please subscribe. Please give us a rating. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to the Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. Walkers. And thank you to Boo Reefa, Boo Reefa. And thank you to Chris. Thank Thanks. you to TJ. And thank you to myself. Bye bye. Bye bye.
2: If that even is you, kicking rocks. Down old dusty roads Small town, slow pokes Long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know
1: All the things that I know